Hi Headstrong listeners, it's Neha and today I'm joined by Mr Greenwood to talk about the importance of the school archive and keeping the strong sense of female history we have here alive. So why did you start working on the school archive? Um, An archive is a collection of historical material, so primary source material. It's essentially all historians have to understand the past. Um, And when I first came to this school, I think just because I was curious, I was wandering around school, having a look in lots of the buildings and in the different rooms, and discovered that underneath Eaton Grove um, Hall, there's quite a capacious uh, cellars, obviously, but it would have been used to store wine and food in the past. But in those cellars was a um, huge number of documents, and it was a school archive. Um, other things as well, like material things, like uniforms and badges and... Um, sports equipment and it became apparent that the school held in in different locations um, you know 150 years worth of uh, documented history Um, immediately that's very interesting if you're a historian but what particularly uh, grabbed me was I suppose two things it was it was the kind of a wealth of the photographic archive these incredibly um, evocative pictures, particularly of kind of Victorian past, um, and also some of the letters. You know, an, an example of this, you know, the library that we have now, the, the Bettelheim Memorial Library, um, is named after a, a, a student, Francesca Bettelheim, who came to the school in 1938 from Vienna um, on a kinder transport. She was Jewish and she was fleeing kind of the persecution that the Nazis were inflicting on people in, in, in Austria and Germany. And when she came to the school, she settled down and had an incredible academic career and eventually went to Oxford and eventually became a, a shell executive in Venezuela. And amongst the archives, I found a, a letter written on paper, kind of tissue-thin paper, in the tiniest handwriting, because of postage costs. And it was um, from her family, some of her family, who had managed to escape um, the Nazis as well. And it was kind of thanking um, Miss Jameson, uh, the headmistress at the time, for supporting Francesca in her studies. And it was just kind of it, what's really amazing sometimes about documents and archives is that you might be the only person who's read that in 50, 60, 70 years. It's a, a powerful moment. It tangibly puts you in touch with other people's lives and you can feel privileged uh, to, to have that uh, insight and makes the world a, a richer and fuller place to have seen it and to have read it. So you know sometimes when people are talking about history and they just assume it's going to be boring and they like switch off because they're like, ugh, history. <laughs> um, but why do you think it's important and what are you hoping to achieve? I don't know anybody who thinks that, no, I don't know, of <laughs> course. <laughs> quite history can be, it can be dry. Um, I think it's like any subject, any subject has its issues um, in, in communicating why it's interesting to, to young people. And one of the issues of history is that in order to truly understand history, you do have to know a lot. You have to know a lot of facts. You have to know a lot of things. Those fact, facts pr- provide the, the bones or the framework, if you will, for having ideas and understanding. But you've got to have the facts first. And that can be seen as being dry. I think there's a bit in, isn't it, is it Northanger Abbey? One of the Jane Austen books where history is described as just one thing after another. And, and it, can, it can feel like that sometimes. I think what sources 
do, what archives do, is they show it's not one thing after the other. What they do is they put people in contact with the actual human beings who made up the past. And I think sometimes, I think an analogy for this is if we looked at a, a foreign country or another culture, you wouldn't be disparaging about it and saying, it's boring, <laughs> you know, why, why are they so stupid? It would be a pretty terrible thing to say, wouldn't it? You have to understand that people are different and that they exist in their own terms and they exist in their own richness and their richness of their culture, of their way of life, of their way of doing things is as rich and as complicated as your ideas and your thoughts. And I think the past is exactly the same. When you come into contact with archives, you understand that although these people were different, they were as rich in their thoughts and their imaginations and their feelings as you. It's um, an extension of humanity. It's what I think history does very well. It's about, it's about humanism. It's about understanding other people. And without archives, I think it is just one thing after another. It's just a list of dates in a book. With archives, it's other humans. And, and that's what's so great about it. And that's why we should take history juice and see you in Thank you. <laughs> so, do you have any examples of any girls that you thought their stories you wanted to share? Oh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's so many examples. Um, I think probably my favourite, I suppose, is... I say favourite, shouldn't have favourites in history, should you? But I think perhaps my, <laughs> my favourite is um, the account of a, a woman called Marriott Soman. Um, so Marriott's um, family were, were quite interesting family. They're kind of Norwich, quite well-to-do, prosperous Norwich business owners. Um, when she came to the school, she was immediately kind of recognised as being academically um, very able. Um, if you look, this is the beauty of archives, you can check all the subjects she did and the marks she got and all these, all these things. So she did um, French, German, Latin, logic, and logic wasn't offered to any of the other girls. So it must have been something that was kind of put on specially for her. Anyway, so she had this very academic career. She then went to Girton, kind of a college of, of Cambridge, and she studied um, German and French, which was unusual at the time. What makes her then more unusual is that she then goes to France to study at the Sorbonne, where she becomes a doctorate. So she becomes an academic doctor, which wouldn't have been a, a available in France at the time. So you have oddities, which I think archives reveal sometimes. So in England, women were very, at this point, we're looking at kind of 1914, roughly 1913, 1914, women were making quite a lot of progress towards getting the vote. In France, they weren't at all. But in France, more women were doctors and more women were able to be academics. Anyway, she goes to the Sorbonne, she becomes a, a doctor. But it's in the war that you see these quite incredible things happen to her. And we've got all this amazing evidence of her life. So she comes back to England from France and she gets a job in the, essentially the secret services. Um, she works at a room um, in the Naval Intelligence Department where she's working with code breakers. And essentially what her job is to is to decipher accurately the German messages from the, the code that's been broken by the mathematicians into English language. And she works that for, the, for the four years of the war. Um, she's so successful at this that actually she's, amazingly, she heard two pieces of information. She is the person who 
um, was one of the very, very first people to hear of the surrender of the Germans, the armistice. So when the news comes in, she's a person who kind of get who get who gets that and and says this has now happened. So she's one of the first people in England to hear the news. Um, but she's obviously so successful at her job, but she was the secretary to the naval attaché at the Treaty of Versailles. So again, as a, as a woman at the time, and we are talking about a profoundly less equal society and an institutionally sexist society as well. Women were not tended to be as given paid jobs with responsibility. She has a paid job with huge responsibility, which is to be at the Treaty of Versailles with um, the with the naval attaché. Remember, Britain's navy is the most powerful navy in the world. It's a huge position. And she's there at Versailles. She's awarded an MBE. She's a member of the British Empire at the end. But her career doesn't finish there. She then goes immediately to the University of Leicester. She then sets up an academic department. She sets up a department for modern foreign languages. Again, there's not many women heading departments in that period. She then translates huge amounts of literature from German into English. Um, she marries a Romanian exile who's quite a famous philosopher. He writes a lot of kind of anti-fascist philosophical works, which she works on with him. They're quite a notable kind of couple. Um, and she has two children, and we're talking here about somebody who was a trailblazing, code-breaker, academic. She wrote loads of books about um, literature and about theatre as well. Um, she's a scholar, an academic, a code-breaker, a politician, a leading academic, a manageress, and a mother of two children. She dies in 1943, and she's forgotten. She's gone. Now you will not see a picture of her, you will not see anything about that life ever again. Never heard of her. And the only reason I've heard of her is because I found an entry in an archive and then was able to track that life. As a, archives are important, I think, because they help us rebuild stories about who we are. They help us understand, and you know, we're a school and we're a community, but we should know who our heroes are shouldn't we? we? We should know who are the people who've helped make us who we are now. Um, and I think that without an archive and without reference to the archive, without going back to it and reading it, we'll just forget. And that would be very sad. And I think as well, like, at other schools, if they had a history like that or a woman who was as powerful as that, they would be screaming and shouting them. So it would be nice if we could have her worship, have a Oh, absolutely. Maybe not worshipped, <laughs> but I certainly think that we should make more of our of our of our alumni, of our old girls. I mean, there's a, another one. I, there's a, a woman, uh, Dorothy Wynne Wilson, who was a head girl in 1928, and she wrote a very successful, hugely successful book. Um, after, she wrote it in the sixth form. She wrote a novel in the sixth form, and it was a bestseller. Um, she died um, of flu when she was 20. She just got it published, and she, she says, and again, this is a, a woman, who's, she, her life was taken from her very, very early. Um, and, you know, do we know anything of her achievements? We don't. This is somebody who would have been, and was said to be, going to be a huge figure in literature, but she was one of our, she was a head girl. Oh, yeah, and again, the only reason I found that story out was because I was looking through a book and the funeral service fell out of a book. So that was just an accident. 
I'd never have come across that story. And you can come across so many stories. There's, um, there's a woman I, I found um, who was a nurse in the first Balkan war. And she writes about her, what she did as a nurse in 1911, 1912 in Bulgaria. You know, that's an incredible story. There's a woman who in the 1890s explored the interior of Africa um, with her husband. Um, there's a woman who, again, I mean, some of these stories, um, these things don't necessarily, you know, you've got to remember that at our time. But this was a, a woman who went to southern India to um, work with a, a, an indigenous people called the Toda. Um, and what she did, she went by herself, so she's this kind of young British woman, she's again in her early 20s, and she goes to live with this kind of indigenous kind of hill people. Um, and what her reason for that is twofold. One is to make them more Christians, which we might disagree with now. But in doing it, she writes, she learns their language, she puts it into an alphabet so she can translate the Bible into their language. Now, without her, have they got a language left today? And the answer is no, these things disappear. She saved a people's language. She also did it because she thought that the way that those people treated women in their society was very unfair. And she went with a very strong, in fact, it's a Christian agenda, but it was her, you know, that's the time that she was in, of trying to teach kind of equality and these people need to be done to treat in that way. And we might think there's cultural imperialism and so on, and there's probably some truth in it. But at any, however you view it, it's an amazing person, a very brave person, who went somewhere totally different um, to um, try and do some good in the world um, and there's loads of stories like that there's a brilliant story of a woman in the 1940s who um, was in Palestine, Israel after the Second World War during the civil war between the, the, the Jewish people and um, kind of the Palestinian people and she's talking about this is in a school magazine of like the necessity to keep like a revolver with her as she hitches lifts through Palestine, she's just hitchhiking. And I'm not really sure why she did this actually. This is a story about like her hitchhiking around Palestine in 1947 during this quite brutal civil war. But again, all these stories are in the archives. And that's the only place they are and nowhere else. So you've got to look at the archives to understand our past. And, and, and it's not only um, something you can, can learn from, but it's just interesting as well. It's just interesting lives. Um, and of course, if you'd like to find out more about um, the NHS Archive, you can follow us on Twitter at NHS Archive. So that's at NHS, capital letters, archive, at NHS Archive. So yeah, have fun and enjoy it. So if the archive seems like something that you would be interested in, then make sure you go and check that out. But that is it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it and we will see you again very soon with another episode. Have a great rest of your day or night or whenever it is that you're listening. Bye, everyone.